Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. Grab your Bible, get settled, and let's walk through the Word of God together. Let us now reason together and listen to see what God is saying to us today. He was, he, you know, he was like, you know, he was, he didn't think that he was worthy 
of being called in what God had called him to do. And a lot of us saints, you know, we've been called and chosen to do a lot of work for the Lord. And some of them, it, it ain't even nothing major, nothing big. See, a lot of us look for big things, but do the small things. Mm -hmm. You know, some, be, don't be like Jeremiah. Do what the Lord has called you to do. Mm -hmm. Because when you start doing what the Lord called you to do, everything else that you got on your plate, he'll take care of it. He'll take care a little bit at a time. And you don't realize it until it blossoms like a flower. Ooh, that brought me to the weed season. <laughs> we all gonna have some weeds in our in our life. You know what? Sometimes in order to be a beautiful flower, you have to be planting around in, in some seeds and some weeds. So you know what? When you blossom into that flower, regardless of how many weeds that are around you, they'll be able to see that beautiful flower. Amen. So you just remember that. Mm -hmm. Being a flower, sometimes you got to come through some weeds to get to get out. Right. It ain't no choke you out. Because you know, if the Lord called you, guess what? You're going to blossom. Yeah. Like, like Pastor said, you can't rush it. I'll be wanting to rush out. I know me. I, I will, come on, y'all. Come on, come on, come on. But you know what? Well, it's in God's timing. It's not in Miss Kay's timing. It's in God's timing. And so if I get up here and I'll be pushing, 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 I just want to encourage you that whatever gift that you have inside of you, whatever that you have that you can share, just, just start using it a little bit at a time. Don't worry about what nobody say. Don't worry about how nobody look at you. I ain't worried about it. Y'all been talking to, about me till you're blue in the face. But you know what? I know I've been called by the Lord. And I know that when I get up here, it's really it's from the bottom of my heart. And I know the Lord used me the way he wants to use me. I know I, get, I can talk a lot. But it's one good thing. But when I'm talking, I'm praising and I'm thanking the Lord that I'm able to get up here without any fear. Amen. And get up here to encourage somebody else. Because we all need encouragement. We all need love. We all need some, just sometimes just give somebody a great hug. Call somebody and let them know that you're thinking about it. That will touch a person more than you ever would imagine. We don't always have to be in somebody's face. That's why they got this technology now. Last night I was in, I was in about five or six people's faces I ain't never met. I was like, ooh. You know, I got excited because I'm learning how to get on this technology and be a part of something that I, you know, that, that was never, the door was never open for me. Mm -hmm. And I got excited and, you know, I just thank Pastor Sutton for including me in certain things. But see, the thing of it is, is that we can't, we can't worry about, um, how I want to say it, because you know, I ain't trying to offend nobody, but if you get offended, oh, well, I'm sorry. You know, this is me, and this is how I express myself. If you want to do something, do it. Don't hold it to yourself, because your gift is to share. It's not to hold on to. It's to share. Even if you're not sure about what you're really supposed to be doing, you got to be, you got to, you got to have faith. God gives us grace, new grace, and new mercy every day to use what he's given us. Mm -hmm. So I'll leave, I'm going to leave this to y'all because I see my pastor do rock. Y'all yeah. <laughs> just, I want you to be blessed and encouraged on this day. And remember, Jesus is on the main line. All you got to do is tell him what you want. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. My songstress here. Yeah. Come on. You already know. Ain't no sense of you sitting back there. I need a song today. Amen. 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 Sister Frida, amen. amen. Our, our college graduate, amen. <laughs> I'm going to need your help. Is that okay? Yep. Yeah. All right.
healing, healing, healing in his name. Power, 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 power in his And his name is Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus is his name. Jesus is his name. There's healing, there's power. Jesus is his name. There's no other name that men might be saved other than the name of Jesus. Amen. There's only one mediator between man and God is the Lord Christ Jesus. You ain't got no buffer between you and God. Whatever you have between you and God is your fault. Because God said he died that there's no pastor, there's nothing that separates us from him. So if you got a problem with Jesus and what he's doing for you and you think that you got to do this or do that, let me tell you something. All you got to do is believe. And that belief system requires just a little bit. A little bit of Jesus goes a long way. Yeah. All right. Amen. 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 We're going we to we really just, I'm just going to talk to y'all. I, I hope I, I ain't going to preach hard. I, I'm going to talk to your mind because I've been trying to get you guys to think for a long time. And Pastor Sims has uh, also came and told you that a, a, a God likes us to think. Uh, that's why you have a renewed mind. You know, in many of our churches today, people come in and gather and practice their religious rituals, but there's no thinking behind it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no, there's no thinking of why we're doing what we're doing or how do we get here? It, it's just, you know, one person does, the next person does, and everybody follows. But that's not a good way to do things because the, what requires God, he, he died so you can think a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's amazing to me that the, the in churches around the world that people, some of the smartest, most intelligent people in the world come into church and sit on the best part of their mind for two hours. Mm -hmm. That's not called for. You're supposed to think. You're supposed to be like a Berean, noble enough to make sure that the pastor or the teacher is lining up with the word of God. Because it's so important that you get good teaching. It's so important that you get good teaching. Because the teaching will enhance the preaching. Okay. So I, 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 let, let's, we're still in Philippians because I'm not done with that yet. I've been wrestling with the word of God. You pastor know what I mean by that. I wrestle with the word of God. I ask questions of God. Why do you do this? And why do you do that? And Paul, what, what was going on in your mind? I try to get to the mind of the writer. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Amen. And when you find it, say amen. amen. Philippians chapter 3. Close that door, please, back there with the kids. Thank you. 
And if you got any children, you can send them on down. I know they're already down, but if you got any children, send them on down. Philippians chapter 3. Now, before Nancy starts reading, it's going to be between verse, you're going to be between verse 8 and 12. But I want you to take a look at verse 3. Paul says something, Pastor, that's so scandalous, so outrageous. And this text, chapter 3, is about not having confidence in your flesh. The whole chapter is a crescendo of Paul telling us that we, as human beings by nature, we have a lot of confidence in our flesh. If you're born in sin and because we are and shaped in iniquity, this flesh means more important to us than anything in the world. Again, I've always said we spend millions and millions of dollars to make our flesh look good. And yet still, you can't stop one gray hair from getting on your head. At some point, you'll stop buying the dye and just go and be gray. Because you can't get it done fast enough. You know, Pastor, I ain't going to say a lie. I tried that all in my chin. And next thing I know, it lo it's looking weird. Because you got white on the truck to the roof. You got brown. And then you got my natural colors. It's it like I was come chameleon or something. <laughs> Trying to not grow old. But there's a good thing that you can do when you grow old. You need to grow wise. <laughs> and the only way to go wise, Brother Lester, is to grow wise by thinking about what the Lord is saying. So in verse 3, we're not going to read that, but just take a look at it. He said, we are the circumcision. Who is he talking to? Mm -hmm. He's talking to the Gentiles. He's challenging the Jews and saying, you're not the circumcision, not the circumcision that God wants. You might be circumcision by the law that could never save, but you're not the real circumcision. And that was very scandalous because the Jew would get offended by that because they say, oh yeah, we the circumcision. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, back in Abraham, our father Abraham, uh-huh. And and, 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 and and God made a seal and a deal with Abraham. Uh-huh. Back in Genesis chapter 17, that um on the eighth day, all males should get circumcised. And Paul's challenges that say, you're not the circumcision. How can you tell me I'm not the circumcision where I am a, a living example of the seal mm. of this circumcision? This is where we have to think. What is the point of taking away the flesh? What's the point in taking away the flesh? Circumcision was supposed to be a sign that they had no confidence in it. Because God cut it away. Mm. Think about what I just said. God was showing them that having faith in him was so important that he wanted an outward sign of their faith by cutting away the flesh. Mm -hmm. So the circumcision in itself is what's supposed to be a reminder that they shouldn't count on their flesh. They should concentrate on what God is saying. So many times we go by what we see, we go by what we hear, we go by what people tell us, but yet still it's contradictory to the word of God. The Israelites experienced that when they crossed over and was ready to go into the promised land. God sent them on a mission and they should have known 
by their seal and their sign that they should trust in what God said and not in what they saw. They trusted in their flesh and 10 came back with a negative report and two came back with a positive report. The two came back with the report of faith. God said that land is ours. God said there's plenty of sustenance over there. God said this land will support us all the days of our life. This land is ours. But God didn't tell them something because God is always trying to see if he doesn't convey you some information, will you still trust in what he's saying? All right, all right. So many times in the saints of God, you want to get the complete roadmap. <laughs> but if you got the complete roadmap, it wouldn't be a walk of faith. What's the point of lighting, being a lamp to your feet and a light to your path? You can see everything. First, you have to do a step. You have to have confidence in what God has told you. So, But you don't have confidence in your flesh. I don't have confidence in degrees. I don't have confidence in job titles. I don't have confidence in pedigrees. I don't have confidence in my ability to preach. I have confidence in what God has said that he's doing in me and through me and through you too. So we are the circumcision. So the next question, Pastor, has to be, well, if we're not the circumcision by the flesh, what kind of circumcision are we? <laughs> so you got to ask questions. What kind of circumcision are we that we worship him in spirit and in truth? And they don't. But they were the chosen people of God. But we're the children of Abraham by faith. Before Abraham got circumcised, he, he trusted God. And the seal that was shown outwardly was something that was already done inwardly to him. His heart had been circumcised by God, not by hands, but by God. And because he trusted God, his heart became changed. Abraham was an example of the possibility of man becoming a new creature by trusting God. Being resurrected in the newness of life. That's what we're going to talk about. Okay. Let's go. Philippians 3 verses 8 through 12. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Amen. Let's look at 10 again. It says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings. Now I want to talk to you about that. So our heart has been circumcised and there is this power. The above verses, one above verses said that to know, have this knowledge, to know the surpassing knowledge of God. But now we see that there's this power in a resurrection. And we want to have this power. We want to know this power and then share in the sufferings from the resurrection. So what did the resurrection relieve us from? What did the resurrection give us power to do? How can we share in the sufferings of Christ through the resurrection? Well, I want, I, I, I want to discuss that because 
It says, by any means, I need to attain this resurrection. You know, I just can't sit back and, and, and hope that it comes. I am going to run after what God has promised me to give me this power in the resurrection. So I'm going to use some of Pastor Sim's words, but I'll explain it a little deeper to you. See, being relieved of, 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 of people and their expectations is one thing. But the resurrection relieved you of the penalty of sin. The resurrection relieved you of the obligation to follow after your flesh. The resurrection relieved you of yourself and your self-righteousness and your self-piety and your self-reliance. You've been relieved of the burden of performance. And now you wait, not in expectation, because that was before the resurrection. But now that you have attained the power of the resurrection, you wait in anticipation. There's a difference between expectation and anticipation. If I'm expecting, I'm waiting for it to happen. If I anticipate it, I know that it will. Some of you will get that when you go home. See, you got, to, you got to understand with this power, I am no longer expecting, I'm anticipating because if I have power, I have to have power to do something. We are saved unto good works. That's a power. We, we are, we are uh, adopted into the family. That's a power. We are raised for our justification. That's a power. It is not based upon religious practices. It's based upon what we read earlier, the faith. The faith of God and the faithful God comes from God as a gift. So in the resurrection, I am raised to this thing called the newness of life. Not being the creature I was, but being the creature God has fashioned me and formed me to be. I'm being conformed continuously into his image by this power of the resurrection. See, the baptism into death, as we're going to see, is the means by which we are raised unto the newness of life. But something has to die so that something new can live. He said in the Bible that if a seed doesn't fall to the ground, it dies alone. But if it falls to the ground, it produces much fruit. See, the power is in your ability through death of self to produce the fruit of life. Which is the fruit of the spirit. You know, I, I I wrestle with this because you're telling me, God, that, that 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 in your resurrection I have this ability to live beyond my circumstance, yes. You I have this ability to live beyond my incidents, yes. I have this ability to live beyond my accidents. Yes. Why, God? Because you paid the price for me that sin has no more dominion over me anymore. Amen. The good news of the gospel is there's a resurrection. The good news of the gospel is that I'm a new creature. And I'm not a new creature because I've been made fashioned by man or by the hands of men or by ordinations of men. But I'm a new creature because I trusted what God said he did for me. Yeah. You're raised in the newness of life. You are the circumcision. What has been circumcised and I still look the same? My heart. Mm -hmm. 
My heart that was bent towards sin is now bent towards holiness. All right. I don't worry about the devil. I worry about my flesh. But God say, just keep following me and I'll take care of your flesh. I'll teach you how to crucify your flesh every day. I'll promise you that if you begin to want to sin, I will always give you what? A way of escape. See, in the resurrection, you have the power to say no. Now, some of y'all may not exercise that power. But you have the authority and the power to say no. So in this resurrection, there's this power that comes that 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 by any means Paul is saying, I'm gonna pursue this thing. <laughs> See, you got to think of the res resurrection as something that's worth pursuing. Do you value the resurrection? Do you value having the surpassing knowledge? This whole third chapter is about. You're losing the confidence in the confidence in the flesh and valuing what God says. He starts off talking about joy. The whole Philippians book is about joy and rejoicing. But he knows that religion and acts of the flesh in religion steals the joy from you. Because you can't walk by the spirit if you're concerned about the flesh. Let me give you another example. The pool of Bethesda. There was many people lame, halt, and sick. Am I right, Pastor? Am I right, Pastor? There was many people, right? And all of them were waiting for the move of the what? The water. Now, Jesus comes along and he's talking to one man. And the man explains to him what everybody else is doing. And I want to get to it because I want you to see this. Jesus approached him and he explained what he was waiting on, but he saw Jesus. Mm -hmm. He wasn't waiting on the move of the water only, but he was waiting for somebody to put him in. Right. The move of the water would happen and then somebody would have to put somebody else in. Can't you see this? You need Jesus to put you in. All right. All right. You need Jesus to come along and say, Wilt thou be whole? Jesus comes to individuals. He's not a crowd, please. And this man, he sovereignly went to him and asked him the question, will you be whole? I'm running after the resurrection. The man said, I'm not. everybody's waiting for the move of the water. See, the problem with your saints is you looking for the move of the water and not the word of God. <laughs> that was their whole problem. They wanted a sign. They wanted a symbol. And some of you are missing God because you're looking for outwardly signs Versus the inward movement of the God, of the word of God in your heart. You're missing Jesus because you're missing the word. You're missing Jesus because you're missing the Holy Spirit. You're missing Jesus because you're looking at the thing that's created versus the creator. Romans 1 tells us they worshiped. They knew the truth, but they suppressed it in their unrighteousness. And they worshiped the creation more than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. See, the problem with us is that we worship what we see. 
We worship what we can touch. We worship the rituals that we do. But what good is the ritual that's performed by man whose heart hasn't been circumcised? Right. Jesus dealt with the Pharisees. And why, the reason why Jesus kept doing miracles on the Sabbath, because the Sabbath was made for men. Mm. Not men for the Sabbath. What God is trying to, what God was trying to show them, if my father works and do good works on the Sabbath, so do I. Because he challenged them. They, they always was mad at him because he was doing good on the holy day. What better day to do good than on the holy day? All right. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, this is common sense. You ain't got to be a big theologian for that one. Right, right. But then what he said was, and I'm chasing after this resurrection because the resurrection cleared everything up for me because you don't chase after religious rituals. Because none of them have any power. I don't care which one you do. Because unless that heart is changed, you're just doing something. It ain't doing nothing. That's right. That's right. You can have all the communions you want. You're going to have all the dinners you want. You're going to have all the prayer meetings you want. But if nobody's heart has changed, if nobody's encouraged to get saved, what's the point? Preaching that's inspirational and motivational gets you stirred up. But there is no thinking behind it because you want to get excited about something. Can't you get excited about the word of God? So Jesus proposed to them. Jesus said, Look, if you Pharisees had a, a, a bullock or a, or a sheep or a goat that fell into the ditch on the Sabbath day and was about to drown or get hurt, would you not go get it? And he said, of course I would. So the value is in saving livestock and not saving men? Come on, son. See, in our churches, we value stuff as if it's important to God, and if souls are not being saved, everything you're doing is useless. If you're not telling them the gospel that gets them saved, the, the stuff you call extra is extra, and it don't mean nothing to God. You have to pursue, as Paul said in 12, you got to pursue by any means. What I need to do is pursue in this resurrection Go to uh go to uh go to Romans six and four. Right quick for me. Hold that. Put a pen in that one. And then go to Romans 3, 22 and 23. And put a pen in that. So by any means, I'm pursuing this resurrection that will raise me to the newness of life, that will give me the power by the gospel. Romans 1:16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. For those who believe. It's my belief system through my thinking system that I got to come to the conclusion that I can't save myself. So I pursue the resurrection. The resurrection becomes valuable because by any means necessary, I am going to run after God. Because God has made himself available to me. He's not hidden behind a veil anymore. He's not hidden behind the religious attributes of man. He's not hidden behind a system that basically makes me feel like I owe God and God is mad at me. God wants to save you. And he wants to save you to the uttermost. He's not a savior because he's God. He's God and a savior. 
That is his nature to save. The Israelites thought it was their religious piety that made God move. And if you read the Old Testament, not one time did God move based upon what they did, but based on his promise. He would let them suffer just enough to cry out to him, and then he would move. He would bring a deliverer. He would bring a prophet to say, it's time now. You suffered enough because I kept my promise. And if I get rid of all of y'all, my promise is null and void. <laughs> I'm chasing after the resurrection. Read Romans 6, 4. Read. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. See, that's that newness of life. We were placed in him. We were buried with him. We say, Pastor, I ain't been in the ground. It's a spiritual death. I just told you the flesh thing don't do nothing for you. If the circumcision of the flesh don't do nothing for you, neither do uh, fleshly death. Because it's the spiritual death that we 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 become part of his death. And remember back in in, in Philippians it said we share in his sufferings. This is what sharing his sufferings mean. You will never bear to suffer at the level of Christ. But when I think about his suffering up here, and I think about my suffering, it's right here. I can share in the sympathy of his suffering to endure my own. I can share in thinking about his suffering and have sympathy because he suffered because of me. He suffered because of you. He didn't sin. He didn't deserve it. But because he did that for me and he suffered so much for me, when I called on to suffer, guess what? I could suffer without complaining. Because the suffering that I experience in my own life actually hones me and convicts me and, and congeals me and conforms me into the image of God. This is the suffering way. So sufferings in the earth realm is a blessing in the spiritual realm for us. Because as we endure hardness as a good soldier does, we will endure the sufferings because Christ did. Everything we have is in the resurrection. Mm. You were already buried with him. And you've been raised with him to what? Not the old way of life, but the newness of life. Mm. This new life in Christ Jesus, we, we old things pass away. All things become new. Not, not that they actually become new. They become new because we look at it from a different perspective. Right. Yeah. 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 Instead yeah. of looking at it through my flesh, I look at it through the eyes and the lenses of the Word of God. I measure everything by the Word of God. I measure everything by the move of the Holy Spirit. I'm never out of control because I want to show that the fruit of the Spirit is always exhibiting the same. And we ain't never out of control. We have love, joy, peace, and we're willing to long suffer. All in that. We can have self-control. Where everybody else is running around, you should be the most steady Eddie in the camp because you know God is in control. Amen. And while they're running around, they're not saved, so don't even worry about them. 
But why a saint got to be all worried? That's a sin. Why a saint got to be aggravated? That's a sin. You should not be aggravated because you know who you are and you've been raised to this newness of life. You wasn't raised to be worried. You was raised to be a conqueror. You was raised to step over things. You was raised to conquer things. You was raised to get around things, go through things, go over things. You, This resurrection gives you that kind of power. So there's a, there's a value in, in walking with God. And we got to bring that back to the church to where there's a value with sound doctrine. There's a value with good preaching. There's a value with good teaching. It's not just about seats and people in the seats, but it's connecting the people with God through the word of God. In all its forms and fashions, in all its different styles, we're not clones. But me and Pastor Purdy can say the same thing and say it a different way. Because my goal is always to glorify God. I always tell the saints, you keep God up here, you'll be all right when you talk. I'm tired of hearing about self-esteem and self this because all of that is selfish. I rely totally on God because it's his resurrection that I'm in. Not my own. All I have is death. Go to Romans. Start at uh, 321. I'm sorry. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. All who believe. Faith in Jesus Christ apart from the law. What is it by? By faith. We read that in Philippians. Paul is telling us over and over again, it's by faith. Ephesians chapter 2, it's by faith and grace that we are saved. It's not by the works of any law or works of any religion. That's what the resurrection gives you. It makes everybody equal because we all come to the cross and sinners and we all raise to the news of life by faith. So whether I have or have not, whether you look better or I look good or you look bad and I'm skinny, whatever it is, that separates my mind from knowing that I've been raised by God, shame on me. Read. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The redemption in Christ Jesus is the resurrection. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. What is the reconciliation? We tell people about the Redeemer. We tell people about the redemption. We tell people about the righteousness. We tell people that we're raised unto newness of life. This is what we tell people. So actually, it's not about religion. It's about the word and the relationship the word gives us through his death. We can have a relationship with God not based upon what we do because all of our works are like filthy rags. But what he's done for us and we need to allow the saints that are younger coming up, tell them we used to be a fool too. Amen. All right. Come on. Walking around here talking like you done turned into super saint. I remember. But I've been renewed. I've been remembered. But I've been raised from the dead. I've been remembered, but I have a robe of righteousness imputed to me. 
So I have this in Christ Jesus. That's why I pursue the resurrection because I can't find it anywhere else. Right. Some of you are looking in the wrong place for the right thing. You're going to find the right thing in the right place in Christ Jesus. Some of you think that it's going to church. No, it's being the church. <laughs> Some of you come here because you got to. No, you should come here because you get to. It's a difference when you worship in the spirit and truth because you can't wait to come with the fellowship of the saints. It's not arduous for you. It's a blessing to you that you can come and say, hey, mother, how you doing? Hey, brother, how you doing? Hey, sister, how you doing? These are the things that we participate in because we have been raised by the resurrection in power to the newness of life. So I got a couple things I want you to write down if you can. First of all, we're going to go with the word Pastor Sam. Start off. We've been relieved. We've been relieved of the distraction of worldly things. No longer do we pursue the worldly things. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us if we're friends with the world and things in it, we're not friends of God. So we relieve ourselves of the pressure of being worldly. Do you know how hard it is to keep up with the Joneses? Yeah. Yeah. Has anybody tried? <laughs> you got to be satisfied with who you are in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to relieve you if you've been raised in the newness of life, I'm going to relieve you of the pressures of chasing after the world. You've got, you got to get this, saints. You've got to get this. 2 Timothy 2, 3 and 4 tells us that we share in his sufferings and don't get entangled into this world. We've got to sharing in his sufferings, respecting what he did, and don't let the world entangle you no more. You will relieve from that entanglement. If you entangle, it's because you want to be. The devil ain't made you entangled. I heard a young lady say last night that the God and the devil were warring in her head. I said, the devil is a lie. Think about what you just said. The devil and God are warring in your head. My first question is, why your head? <laughs> and then secondly, when I read about God and the devil being the highest creation of angelic hosts, that would be a war that could go on in my flesh that I couldn't handle. That's right. Mm -hmm. You talking about God. You ain't talking about me. Right, right. Now that may be a war going in your head about what I just said, but think about this. You don't really want God and the devil warring inside your head. No, no. <laughs> right. All right, God. Because I don't think you can handle it. But she was using that to say why she couldn't do something or why she was nervous about something. Just be nervous. <laughs> All right. right. There's nothing wrong with having jitters. <laughs> My God, be human sometimes. Come on, God. So you relieve yourself of this worldly pursuit of super, super duper saying. Because it is a worldly pursuit because you want to do something to impress God. Mm. You want to realign yourself. Those who are saved go through things in life and sometimes we get out of alignment just like a wheel gets out of alignment. Mm. And anybody knows a wheel, can, you can replace the tires on a car and it can look good. And you got new wheels, you got new tires. But if the inside is not realigned, you'll wear out the tires before they before you even get 100 miles on it because it takes an alignment. So saints need to realign themselves with God. When you ask, well, Pastor, how do I realign myself with God now that I've been relieved of worldly things? you got to study the word of God. 
You have to pray. You have to spend time with God to realign yourself with God so you'll be on the right road at the right time, going the right way with the right power of the resurrection. Whole bunch of odds, huh? <laughs> and by grace, by grace, we had this ministry of reconciliation. And our ministry is to restore those who are lost. Go after those who God has called us to that are lost. And our first restoration is in our homes. You need to at least try. You need to at least be the force of God in your house, male or female or child. Somebody needs to speak up for God. There should be mother, father, and children, but the top dog got to be God. Jesus has to be the top dog because, let me tell you, when this relationship is right, all the horizontal relationships will fall into place. Amen. When the father pursues after God and the mother pursues after God, then everything under them will fall into place. So we must, we must, we must pursue this, 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 this grace. We must understand the power that we have in grace, and we can only pursue it by faith. You don't need to feel God; you need to know God. That's right. That's right. Too many times you're looking, looking at the water versus you studying the Word. Mm. You want a sign. Versus a song of God in your heart. You want to see versus knowing. See, I know that I have the power of the resurrection because he said so. So it makes no difference how I feel at any given moment because feelings are like waves. They come and they go. They up and they down. They left and they right. But guess what? Because he said so, because he is righteous, then the righteousness that's imputed to us is from him. You can't take away the righteousness that he's given me because you didn't give it to me. I can't preach away your righteousness I can't guilt you into believing that God didn't save you because the minute I convince you that I've already convinced myself I'm not saved but the power of the resurrection allows me to pursue God it allows me to know God it allows me to worship God and it's not by religion it's about the circumcision of my heart so we are the circumcision Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. We are the circumcision. Not the circumcision made by the hands of man. Not by the flesh. But by the spirit of God. Interacting with a sin-sick soul. And deciding to treat us like the man at the, at, the, at the Bethesda. He looked at you one day and he said, do you want to be made whole? And you said, oh yeah, I want to be made whole. And then all he said was, pick up your bed and walk. Because that's the newness of life, that we can walk in the faith of a word that's given to us. Yes. The power is in the word of God and nowhere else. Yes. It says unbelievers look for signs. That's what signs are for. But the signs to the unbelievers are point them to God, not to me. All right. I believe in healing by faith, but I ain't got no faith in faith healers. <laughs> you get that one when you get yeah. on the team. Come on, God. I don't need you to lay hands on me to be healed. That's right. I need to trust God for my healing. Amen. Whether you can lay hands on me or not don't mean nothing to me. Do you want to lay hands on me? Fine. But the Bible tells you don't lay no hands on no man suddenly. That's right. But the problem is, it's the faith that we have to have in the God that gives us the power of the resurrection. It's all in the resurrection. It's all in the resurrection. It's all in the resurrection. Amen. So today, as you go home and you think about what was said, 
Think about the resurrection and the power that it gives you. It gives you power to believe. It gives you power to restore. It gives you power to realign. It gives you power to walk this out by faith and teach people the righteousness of reconciliation by the gospel. It gives you so much power. But you got to decide you believe it. I can't make you believe. I can only present it to you. I can only serve it up. You got to eat it. Or not. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the people. Lord, continue to bless us as we go forward in faith. Lord, you taught us how to do what we do. And you taught us how to walk by faith. Lord, thank you for showing us the power of the resurrection, Lord. For we are not ashamed of the gospel, oh Lord, for it is the power of God unto salvation for those who believe to the Jew first and then to the Greek. Because you just said there's no distinction, Lord. So we can come boldly before the throne of grace, oh Father God, and seek your wisdom, Lord. We thank you today Amen. for all the churches that are around the world that call upon the name of Jesus. As our Lord and our Savior. I just thank you. Name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to thank all those who are listening around the world to Walk with True Christian Fellowship Church. I want to always do this. We always want you to be encouraged, blessed, and at peace. And always remember what? Walk in truth. Thank you for listening. We worship at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ Building, located at 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri 63114. Times of worship, 8.30 on Sunday, Bible study 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Tuesday. All are welcome and thank you for considering us as your place of worship. If you do not have a place of worship, please consider Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church your home. We are safe place to worship, supporting the edification of the body with all of its gifts. Sound biblical teaching is at the center of our worship as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Sharing the fruit of the Spirit and moving forward in faith through serving our community is our privilege and pleasure. Please feel free to contact the ministry at 636-344-0539 or email us at witminyahoo.com. Thank you for your consideration, be blessed, encouraged, and walk in the truth of the Lord.